Today's episode is brought to you by Omeo. Omeo is a travel booking platform that makes planning a journey in Europe and North America effortless. Just enter your travel details and Omeo will magically give you all the train, bus, flight, and ferry options for your journey. It's never been simpler to book your first real vacation for 2021. Best of all, using Omeo saves you time and money. That's a win-win in our books. Omeo wants to help you leave your home this summer by offering 5% off your next booking. Just head to omeo.com and use the code LISTENER5 at checkout. Valid until 30th June for new users on all modes of transport. It's just a pick-me-up 2021 needs. Omeo. Plan, book, and love the journey. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, so welcome back to the show. So today is a very special episode because I have a guest. Her name is Courtney Clackhorn, who is the founder of Sugar Than Bronze. She founded this business with her boyfriend and now her fiance. So it's a very cool uh, business that they started with. And even because the COVID really hit them hard, they're still doing really well. So there's so much to learn from in this episode and how they pivoted their entire business brick and mortar business into an e-commerce and how they are working on both so uh how they can achieve into this you know new world so there is definitely a lot to take from this episode so here you go hi courtney thank you so much for coming to the show hi thanks so much for having me on Okay, so before we get started and like you talk about a little bit, uh, I want us to uh, just mention how I actually know you. So uh, I think it was in 2019 uh, when I was actually in LA. I think that's the time that I came around uh, Sugar Dent Bronzed because I think I was looking for places like for tanning because generally I actually had like a problem <laughs> with tanning overall. Like I never get like tan like well. I'm always like burned. Or like I get like this awkward tan, like it's just never pretty. Gotcha. So I was like, I really want to get like this, you know, soundless tanning just to see experience like what it would be like. So I like Googling and everything and sugar and bronze came up. And I think I went to the Santa Monica location. Um, it was really nice. It was, uh, I mean, people were so so nice. And like, they also asked me like, is this your first time? And, like Because I was like, I have no idea how this works. Did you go to the like OG location that was upstairs behind a tree or did you had did you behind go... a tree? Yeah, behind oh, a tree. Did? Oh, you went to yes, the OG. I... Oh, yes. okay. <laughs> Have you been to the the newer Santa Monica location? Like I think we relocated like Memorial Day 2019. Have you been to Santa Monica since we moved it? Uh, I don't think I have because oh, okay. I was going to come then I, you know, the pandemic and everything, it just sure. never happened. Yeah. Sure, sure. Yeah. It's it's a Totally. I mean, you can see it online, I'm sure. It looks like our other news stores, but that OG was like, it was uh, overdue to be relocated. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember I was like, kept asking, I was like, I really don't want to have like, you know, these awkward tans, like somewhere that like it's tan, somewhere it's not tan. Like, what I do? Like, tell me everything. <laughs> so they were like very clear. And also they gave me like this brochure afterwards, like, you know, how I can uh, just keep my tan longer and everything. So I think mm-hmm. it was so clear for me. Then afterwards, when I used it, and like, I, I really liked the way that m- my body looked afterwards. So it was really great. So then I, you know, kept following up. And I think I got it like three times probably now. 
I'm definitely working on getting more whenever there's like an opportunity, if there's a need for it, for sure. So yeah, yeah that's how I find out about sugared and bronze. I love that. So yeah. So Courtney, tell us a little bit about yourself now. Well, I am based in Santa Monica, where the OG uh, Sugared and Bronze came to be. Um, I'm originally from Chicago. I met my business partner and now fiance uh, in Boulder, Colorado, uh, when we were in college. God, almost like 12 years ago, which is 13. Yeah. I don't know. I've been out of school for a long time. I graduated in 2009. Um, And we started the business like gosh, just like a year and a half out of college. So we were like really young. We weren't really adults in my mind, or I don't even know if we're adults now. Like I never feel like I'm as old as I I am. But um, we had so much to learn about like life and business. And I, I think we kind of started a business because we didn't really have a lot to lose. And we were also sort of like naive. I think ignorance can truly be bliss. Um, so we started the business, you know, at 23, 24. And, um, you know, just sort of grew it from there. And we're, you know, currently at 13 locations and two pop-ups. And thankfully, we raised money late 2019 before the pandemic. Um, so we were able to weather the storm. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of me in a nutshell. Yeah. So I'm glad you were talking about like, you know, how it started in college because um, when I was, uh, well, on my intern, she did like a deep dive research on the <laughs> background of you so we can get like as much information as possible. So you were in University of Colorado and that was the time that like, because you wanted to uh, get tan, that you had a difficulty of getting tan, right? Yeah. So in college, like it was actually fairly easy. I mean, there was a couple places around campus and then mm-hmm. also for like sorority recruitment, we had like someone come to the house and everyone would just get a tan in the basement for like 20 bucks, like cash. Um, and then it was so easy. Yeah. And then when I moved to Santa Monica for my first like corporate job, I guess, um, that like sort of summer, following summer after I had graduated. So we're talking like mid 2010 now, you know, I'd been sitting in an office all year and I had like weddings to go to. And I was like a bridesmaid in one. And like one, the other one was like in Florida, like there was no way I was going to go and like be pasty. Like I, I am, if I sit inside all year and I started looking for, you know, like you did, like looking for where I could get a spray tan, but I didn't want like the machine because those are kind of like, you know, a 50, 50 chance they're going to look okay. Like I, I wanted know. to like, it's look scary. Good. It is pretty scary. You're like, am I going to look good? Yeah. And it's like, you might, but you might not, you know? And yeah. when you're like standing up in a wedding, you don't want to be like the, the Ross from friends that like ruins the wedding photos, you know? <laughs> so I, you know, just sort of started looking around and realized that there were only the only spray tans like to be found really in this area were like, if they were at a nice place, they were like $150. And I was like, wait, what? Like, are you putting gold on my body? Is it lasting for like six months instead of like a week or two? Or they were like in the back of like regular tanning salons and like, just had the wrong vibe or didn't have, you know, like, some of them were just it was like gross, quite frankly, or a place like you didn't yeah. really want to get naked. Um, sketchy. Yeah. So yeah. That being said, you know, I just started complaining to my then boyfriend, uh, now fiance and, and business partner about this situation, this predicament I was in. And and I didn't want to spend $150 because I was like 23 and poor. Like once you graduate college, you're like, 
oh wait, there's all these bills in the real world. Like I didn't even know or think about until now. And like spending $150 on something that lasted for like a couple of weeks felt a little crazy, especially this is, you know, 10 plus years ago. So yeah, I mean, reality hits after college. You're like, no, like, Mm -hmm. I really don't want to deal with this. Like, you know, you're like, oh, student loans, this, this, this. You're like, wow, so much to pay. Exactly. And like the cost of living in LA is expensive. And so I assumed maybe a tan would be more expensive here than it was in Boulder. But Boulder is also not like Timbuktu. Like real estate there is expensive. Boulder is a pretty hip town. And it's not middle of America, you know, where you might assume some, you know, where things might be less expensive. So I was just blown away by what things, you know, cost here. And that's when Sam and I, Sam's my Beyonce really got to talking um, and he being the good Jewish boyfriend that he was suggested that we maybe could make this into a business and really offer a reasonably priced spray tan in a nice environment. And it would be a win-win situation. And surely, you know, it started from there and then sugaring, you know, came into the business a couple of years later and, you know, it's obviously evolved since, since then. Yeah. So initially it started as just a spray tan. Uh, yeah. that, so that was the initial idea. So, but how were you doing uh, back? Did you start like, you were like, okay, I'm just going to start like full time or you were doing on the side in the beginning, like at home? Yeah, exactly. On the side, um, kept my corporate job, which I was fortunate to like live and work in Santa Monica. So when we put up a website, um, it was like people would call to book an appointment and I had like the Google voice app on my phone and I would like text back or step out of the office. Um, and then I would usually spray 10 clients in my apartment at night after work, but then it started to like get more and more popular. So I'd like run home during lunch or yeah. do whatever I could until it like started to have enough of like a momentum where I felt like it was okay to leave my job. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, from there it was like, okay, how do we get this out of the apartment and into a retail space? Because obviously the apartment was not a long-term plan. It was more just like, let's Temporary, test this out yeah. before we mm-hmm. sign like a big commercial lease and, you know, get ourselves in over our heads essentially. So I kind of like dipped my toe in and then there was a time period where I was like, oh my God, I was so busy. And, and Sam was of course supportive and, and always was part of the business, you know, from the get go in terms of we each put in $500, which is so funny now. Cause I know like it does. huge. It, it doesn't sound huge. like a lot. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. But it was a big decision. Um, and and so he was supportive, but he couldn't really do the spray tanning because it's it's a lot of females and a lot of females that want to go naked. And so we didn't want to creep them out by having Sam do it. And yeah. so and he kind of had to stay out of the apartment because also we didn't want to make them feel weird about that either. So he couldn't really be around too, too much in the early days. And he also kept his full time job for longer than I did. I kept mine for like three months and he kept his his for like two, three years until it really Mm -hmm. made financial sense for us to both be full time at Triggered and Bronze. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So when you were doing in the apartment, so that was back in like the Boulder, Colorado? That was actually in Santa Monica. So that was after we graduated. I I would say I worked a corporate job uh, for just about a year before the business launched out of our Santa Monica apartment. So it launched out of our apartment in November, 2010. And then we moved into the first like OG Santa Monica store Memorial day weekend of 2011. Mm -hmm. Would you say that because you are located in Santa Monica and I think because of California overall, 
because of the location. So that's where you benefited the most versus like, you know, if you were to do this business in another place that was not so maybe, you know, warm weather or like it was not maybe like, let's just say it was somewhere mm-hmm. like super cold. Would you say it would have taken off? Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, it's funny because we sort of had these loose family franchises at the beginning that are now like all wrapped up in the main, you know, uh, corporate entity. There's no, there's no franchises, but we kind of, within a year, we had a Dana Point location and a Philadelphia location. So we kind of got to see what it would have been like in a suburban market being Dana Point and yeah. um, a city with like a real winter, uh, obviously being Philly. And yeah, I do think Santa Monica was super lucky. It's Dana Point and Philly are both great stores and, and have always been profitable, but they took a lot longer to sort of, you know, reach that momentum. point mm-hmm. and you know part of that's also i think like la and new york are always hot on the trends right um i do think that if we had started in new york as well it would have been awesome even though there's a real winter just because new york is so dense um and i'm sure like if we had started in west hollywood we might have even ran faster just because it's even denser than santa monica let's say and half of the radius isn't an ocean which you know yeah i, would I say agree that's it. but no santa monica was it was really fortunate that we started here for sure yeah, and I totally agree. I think in New York, it would totally like work out for you as well, because I think in New York is like, not just like the people just doing for fun or whatever, people also do it for work, mm-hmm. like because modeling is huge in New York. So that, yeah. because like even the couple of times when I did it, I literally did a photo photo shoot because I knew it was coming. So I think right. there are times like when there's, you know, there's a specific request from the director, photographer, the brand. So you kind of have to do it. So I think it would definitely uh, make sense for you guys as well, for sure. Okay, guys, here's the thing. As much as we don't want to admit it, most men don't really pay attention to their skin. Just the soap is not going to cut it. So I'm excited to be partnering with Cardon to talk about their cactus-based skincare products for men. They provide such a simple shopping experience with affordable prices. Their award-winning daily SPF and moisturizer is my personal favorite. First, I was like, okay, it's award-winning, but I'm not sure it's going to work for me, but it really did. First of all, it's so tiny, it's super travel friendly. You can put in your pocket, put in your bag, take it with you wherever you go. And the formula is amazing. It smells like men's cologne, but it's like not super strong. Very like luxury men's cologne. And it just really blends in your skin so nicely. No residue whatsoever, dries very fast. You don't even feel it. And it protects you from your sunlight. You really need it, especially if summer is coming. One of my biggest like insecurities also is dark circles. And I'm trying their dark circle eye rescue. It feels so good because it has this metal head that's like a roll-on. You can use under eyes and it dispenses the formula while you're doing it. It's so soothing and cooling. Like it's like a little massage for your under eyes. Definitely would recommend it if you're struggling with dark circles like me. You can use MURS, M-U-R-S, for 15% of your one-time purchase or 5% of any subscription purchase. You automatically get 10% off and free shipping. Head over to cardonformen.com and use my code MURS for discount. So did you start actually with the name Sugar Than Bronze because you said, you know, you weren't doing sugaring in the beginning or you changed the name? Good question. Now we were just bronze at the beginning. Okay, okay. That- and then we actually started sugaring sort of as a separate trial concept and it was just called sugared. And okay. it was only in our Newport Beach store and then it was in our Beverly Hills store. And once we really realized like it was really working, 
Um, we had this whole rebrand and name change. It was it was a great learning experience. It was a lot of work, um, but again, like in and we couldn't get the trademark for bronze either because it was descriptive in nature. So it was all these things I didn't know about business. And then you know, sugar and bronze fortunately ultimately worked out um, because they don't deem that descriptive in nature. But anyway, I mean, there's just so much you like don't learn. Even though I like have an undergraduate business degree. Maybe it's because I spent most of my college years playing beer pong or something. You know? like, I wasn't listening in class, but I swear, I swear they didn't teach it in class. Like, I mean, I was like a really good student in high school and like always was in AP classes and had, you know, above a 4.0. And so I, I swear, like I was a good enough student in college that if like to pass. they said it, I would have heard it. But yeah. I, yeah, there's a lot that I didn't. I didn't learn there. No, I, I can totally relate because I have like, you know, I got a business degree from NYU, like masters. And like, uh-huh. I, I totally feel the same because when I started my own like clothing company and that was like, because I wasn't doing much, but then I starting to learn about the sales tax, LLC, like all these things. It's like, it's something is like no one ever talks about, like yeah. no one talks about, or like how, you know, not even just sales tax, but like how you even pay the taxes for your business. And if it is like, it goes under your own income, because if it is one person, you know, I just feel like mm-hmm. there's no one, like, it's just so confusing. It is. It is. So- and, and they teach you things like managerial and financial accounting. And like, like at least, you know, in undergrad, I had to take like a year or a semester of each of those. And like, then I, you start your business and you have an accountant, like you need a CPA. So like the stuff I actually like learned when it came to like managerial or financial accounting, like I wasn't doing that. Like my yeah, accountant, accountant does that. that. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, wait, what? You guys taught me a bunch of stuff that like other people are ultimately going to do. Like I took business law. Like I don't do my own legal because I'm not a lawyer, you know? I, I totally understand that. I, I do. I do. I think there's so many things that is like in real life, like we are doing it every single day. You're just like, I don't think we ever like came across this from college, high school, or like any other degree. It's just like, I feel like there are like some theories like in there, mm-hmm. but it's like never in real life. You're just like, wow, this was not what I was expecting. Like, you know, yeah. when you expect like what you learn in school, like it will be almost exactly the same in real life. And it's just never yeah. the same. It's like polar opposite. <laughs> I finally understand why like law firms don't want to hire people right out of law school because they don't have any experience. And you're like, well, what I used to be like, well, what, why, why would you go to law school then? And now I get it. Like, it's just like real life experience is just, you can't, you can't teach it in, in a classroom. I 100% agree. I feel like nowadays, because before when I was even like wanting to look for people who would like help me with stuff and like before I was just always looking into like, you know, what school did you get equal to? Like how was their degree mm-hmm. or whatever? But now I just look at the experience because I think experience makes so much difference that like mm-hmm. it's just because other ways like you are almost teaching like a toddler how to walk. Like it's just mm-hmm. so difficult, like really, yeah. really difficult. And then so, like you can be too textbook focused where like you can't see outside of that. And then like, that doesn't apply either. Like if you're trying to do everything in business by the book, like that's not how it works. So yeah, you you can't, you just need real experience. Yeah. And also because I think that the way that business works and correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm still learning myself. uh, I'm learning every day. So (laughs) yeah, I know. I feel like having a business, is kind of like, there is no way to like predict how things are going to go. It is kind of like you are doing your own thing and like, 
there's things happen every single day. There are problems happen every single day. So it's so hard to, because it's not like a linear way that like you would be keep growing. Sometimes it just like mm-hmm. doesn't happen. Like sometimes things happen. So I think it's just so hard to predict how you can manage the business because there's, and that's why I think it's important to know, it's, it's, it's important to have someone who has an experience who can be like, well, I experienced something like this because, you know, this happened when I work with this company versus like, you know, when someone, because I feel like in our textbooks or like the way in uh, things like people do, they're like, yeah, once the company becomes so like profitable, whatever, they go public. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, did you talk about like what happens in between? Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, like I feel like there's so much happens in between until become until the company becomes actually like profitable. You know what I mean? Like when you even think about like just now Tesla, like before Tesla, everyone was thinking of like, it's a crap company, you know, because they Mm -hmm. were like, their balance sheet was terrible. You know, when you look at it, like there's so much liabilities, it's like, it's minus, like, you know, it's not good. But like now everyone's like, oh, it's a great company. But I'm like, it was not great. Like it really took Elon a long, long time. A a lot and an amazing product on top of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So what would you say, you know, for sugar and bronze, like, uh, were there times like in the beginning, uh, we will talk about it later on, like the, for the COVID part, but in the beginning, were there times that like, you were like, well, maybe I should have done something differently or it was kind of like, oh God, did I take, did I go over my head? Like, were there any moments? Oh yeah. I I think that like, I forget a long time ago, someone Mm -hmm. said to me, you know, as an entrepreneur, like you never know what you're doing. You always feel like you're lost, like not lost, but just like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just going to try and figure it out and make the best of it. And that gave me actually a lot of like comfort because I always thought it was like, because of my age, like I'm just young and I haven't really worked in the real world a lot. That's why I don't know what I'm doing. Or I've never done this kind of business before. That's why I don't know what I'm doing. Um, I, I had all these like reasons in my head why I didn't know what I was doing. And I was always just kind of like powering through it. And, uh, then I really, after someone said that to me, I kind of realized like, and, and talked to many other entrepreneurs, like, it's kind of like fun at some point you start to almost form this, like not real club, but like sort of like loose club of like founder friends and everyone kind of feels that way. And then like, I'm, I'm sure Elon as smart and, you know, just absolutely brilliant as he is would say sometimes like he's navigating waters that he hasn't you know he feels like he doesn't know what he's doing because like I don't know no one's ever been to Mars before and he's trying to get us there so he's kind of had moments like that even though like you know we're on a very 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 small scale of (laughs) getting not getting people to Mars but you know just navigating our own unknown territory um yeah there's been so many days where I'm like I am in over my head um and you know I think there's a lot of ways to try to figure it out. Like you can sometimes go to, you know, yoga and it, sometimes it comes to you and you're like, great. Like, I'm so glad I went to yoga to think about work, but it worked out. Um, or sometimes you can Google it, which is amazing. I don't know what people did 30 years ago. Like, like, what do you have an encyclopedia? Like that was just how I you know. had to run a business. Um, sometimes it's nice to hit up founder friends and sometimes you really just struggle with it for a while. But like construction, I knew nothing about. I learned a ton. Like, and I've learned it honestly just the hard way. Um, a lot of legal stuff where even like, yeah, we have lawyers for, you know, big things, but mm-hmm. even like filing a trademark, we didn't do that. We didn't have guidance on doing it. We didn't, we ended up in a lawsuit later on. Like, yeah. And then I had to learn, I, 
even being in a lawsuit with the guidance of lawyers, um, and thankfully it all worked out and we didn't, you know, go to trial. I I learned a lot then and I felt over my head. They're like, oh, it's time for discovery. I'm like, what's discovery? (laughs) Like you have to like go sift through every email you've ever written about a certain topic that the other legal team requests. Like it's, yeah, there's been a lot of times I've been over my head. (laughs) Wow, that is so crazy. And I think one thing that also scares me so much is that like, you know, when you also register your company or like when you have trademark, everything is public. Mm-hmm. Like literally someone can Google it and can know all the, well, most details about your business. Like mm-hmm. It's just so yeah. easy to Google. So that's what I'm just saying. Like if someone like really wants to be like, oh yeah, I'm just going to like sue someone just for this company or whatever. They can literally just do that because there's like a bunch of information out there, like in the public that I, that like, it's just, it's very hard. I feel like when, when you have a yeah. business, it's just very hard. Well, uh, and as so- you grow, you become more and more of a target for like silly little, like, you know, we got in trouble for like our website not being accessible to the blind. And it was honestly just something we'd never even like heard of, but we had to like settle and, you know, do put all these plugins onto our website to make sure it was. And like, it's not like we were ever trying to, you know, hurt or, you know, yeah. put blind people at a disadvantage, but it was truly just something we had, we never thought or knew about. Yeah. So how, what would you say that makes uh, Sugar Than Bronze like more unique comparing to any other tanning uh, salons? Like I know there is one big uh, concern that people most, I guess some people have is that like, you know, because it's, you know, sunless tanning, like how mm-hmm. natural it is or how like what would damage my skin? Like what is some of the, you know, concerns about it? So if you want to talk about that. Yeah. I mean, well, the good thing is uh, we've been using DHA, which is the active ingredient in sunless tanning since, gosh, I think the 50s it was approved. So it's mm-hmm. been around for a long time. Yeah. And we've seen, you know, it play out in many scenarios and it, it's very safe and dermatologists, uh, you know, highly recommend sunless tanning over any sort of UV tanning. So, yes. I mean, the fact that it's just DHA is a simple carbohydrate that's extracted from sugar beets or sugar cane. And then when it, it hits your dead skin cells, which is, you know, the top few layers of your skin, um, it just reacts with your dead skin cells, proteins, the amino acids and produces a browning effect. Like an apple does, like if you were to cut it open and it oxidizes, it's, it's similar to that. And then your cells, they're already dead. Right. So that's why a sunless tan is only going to last you for like a week or two weeks. Um, because you're going to exfoliate those dead skin cells as your, you know, it's your skin naturally just always is going through a cycle. So in that sense, it's super safe. Um, and, and all sunless tanning, you know, is, is safe. Like, so I wouldn't say we're safe and other sunless tanning isn't. Um, that being said, you know, we have an odor neutralizer in our product. So it doesn't have that like DHA natural smell, which can be really annoying. We don't add a bunch of, you know, uh, like fragrances or anything that people with allergies might be sensitive to. We try to keep it as hypoallergenic and as natural as possible. Um, so that, you know, people don't have to be concerned if they have sensitive skin. And also I think what sets us apart from a lot of, I mean, most tanning salons have UV, UV beds. Um, and then it's very confusing. Like, what are you promoting? Are you promoting safe, healthy tanning? Or are you promoting just being tan? and you could do it in a UV bed or, or not. Yeah. That's so confusing to me. (laughs) Yeah. It's super, it's like, they're kind of knocking their main product because like the world has shifted, but then they still have the beds because they don't actually care if people are giving themselves skin cancer. Um, and then the, I mean, a lot of the big tanning chains, they only have the machines. Like we're actually the largest 
in the U.S. that's only that is for custom airbrush tanning. Like there's nobody with more locations that that solely does custom airbrush or that offers custom airbrush, which is crazy because we're only at like 15 locations. But um, but yeah, so most people offer beds and or machine tans, or if they offer airbrush, it's just like a you know there's like one or two locations. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, like the beds always scare me. Whenever I see the light and everything, I'm just like, I'm not sure if I want to do this. Like it doesn't look that promising. So like I had to go to the dermatologist for an eye allergy recently, like mm-hmm. so random. And she like the first thing she asked me, because she was just doing an overall skin check too. She was like, have you used tanning beds? How many times? Like, and I, my skin, like there were no red flags or anything, but like the yeah. first like go-to question, I was like, oh, I think my answer is like I've used them like once or twice in high school and college and like that was the end of that because you know they're just terrible for you I know all I know is like I'm gonna get radiation or like I don't know God knows what I will get from it probably skin cancer yeah I know that's for sure. Uh, so that's one thing I actually want to point out for to most people also. It's like maybe you can also add more to it too. I think actually regularly when you get when you don't get like you know sunless tanning, but regular tanning is actually sometimes like very hurtful when you don't actually use sunscreen. You know, like mm-hmm. you can still get somewhat tan with the sunscreen, right. but when you don't have like any sort of protection from UV lights or whatever, mm-hmm. it's like your skin is like really really suffering, and that's when like over time, you know, that's how you get cancer you know like because that's why i think sometimes like even nowadays like i have gotten so much better at it but like before i was not really paying attention like Mm -hmm. how the weather would be like i would never use sunscreen or anything like that and i realized how much that actually affects aging first of all but also like Mm -hmm. the cancer as well uh, right even if it's cloudy outside like you can still be getting you know damage from the uv rays and and i'm not someone that like shuns the sun like i i think that most Americans, at least, I mean, they say don't have, don't get enough vitamin D. And like, yes, mm-hmm. you can get it from some foods and some supplements, but I mean, the best way to get it is from the sun, but you can still get vitamin D by putting on sunscreen and then, you know, walking around in the sun for like a half hour with your arms or legs exposed, especially with sunscreen on, is a great way to get vitamin D. Like, you don't need to like hide, you just need to wear SPF, you know? Yeah, that is for sure. I think as that's something like not a lot of people do, uh, especially like I think now the summer is coming. I think a lot of people need to like really, really uh, take a look, look into that because I think before I was never paying attention and I like I would always get like burned and that would mm-hmm. just that my skin would like peeling off. It's like it's just not pretty, you know, <laughs> like you really it's, it's, you're almost like going through this like phase that you're like, oh, my God, what do I look like? It's not pretty. And the worst part about it is like a spray tan is only going to make it worse. Like you actually, it's the one time we highly recommend you do not get a spray tan is if you just got burned and you're like maybe going to peel or you are peeling a spray, it's only going to get worse because the thing is like DHA is a little bit naturally drying to the skin. So that's why we always say like, stay super moisturized. It helps your tan last longer. Mm -hmm. But like if you add a little bit of dryness to something that's about to peel, it's just going to be more dry and you're probably just going to really trigger the peeling to start and once you start peeling it's your dead skin cells so whatever was tanned you're going to be peeling off and it will it'll look like probably vitiligo um and if you try to spray over it it's gonna just perpetuate it so like if you get burned unfortunately like there's just nothing we can do to help you until you've totally shed all of that sunburn and then you can come in and get us on the stand but also you've already kind of done the damage to yourself so 
I would like highly recommend, like, that's why I love getting a spray tan before I go on vacation because I don't feel like, oh my God, I look so white in my bathing suit. All I want is a tan and I don't want to wear the SPF because I just really need a tan. Like if I go with a spray tan, I'm like, I already feel good and tan and I feel good about putting on the sunscreen and not like I'm like desperately seeking some color because I already have the color. So, you know, just get, get a tan before you go on vacation, wear, wear your SPF and then everything's good. That's actually very smart. I never thought of that. I was always like, what do I do? Like, do I just like get it afterwards, like way afterwards? So I can be like, I was tan from my vacation. No, but it's so funny because my, my fiance gets really dark really fast. And I, um, I, I don't know, I'm like half Italian. So, but I'm also like, I don't know, whatever other genes I have, like it kind of evens out where like, I don't burn easily, but I don't tan easily. And so we always joke that like the first day of vacation, like, I'm much darker than Sam. And then as the vacation goes on, like we kind of like switch roles because he naturally just gets dark even with sunscreen. And my my spray tan will like lighten up, especially if I'm like spending a lot of time in the ocean or like a pool or something. So it's really funny. If you look at a photo of us, you always like know how far into the vacation we are, you know? Oh my God. That is hilarious. Oh, since you're talking about him, so this is a good segue to what I want to ask next. So because you essentially founded this business with your boyfriend and now fiance. Mm -hmm. uh, so how would you say, you know, compare because I think this is very good that like, you know, you're having a business, you know, with your, your loved one, significant mm -hmm. other. But also there's something that I always like concerned. And I think most people are concerned too, probably is like, you know, have, how, how does it feel like, like, how do you manage things? Like, how do you separate things that set boundaries? And like, I think, I mean, it's, it's very nice to have a business with your friend or a significant other, because, you know, they're always accessible. You can always talk to them. Like, I just think it's so much easier versus like, you know, when it's someone stranger, also because you can mm -hmm. trust your friend, you can trust your loved one versus it's a stranger, you know, there's like, oh, are you going to pay the money? Or <laughs> Like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm, I feel like there's mm -hmm. a lot to involved. And, you know, I don't know if you heard about it. Like, I mean, recent, well, this was last year, you know, like the last podcast when the Cole or her daddy, like co completely separated and it was two best friends. So I'm just saying, uh -huh. like, I feel like they were doing a really successful podcast, but then mm -hmm. they were best friends and completely fall apart and big drama. So yeah. I'm just saying, I think it, it can really also fall apart too. So how do you oh, yeah. manage it and any tips that you can yeah, I mean, it is it is tough, right? Because like any relationship, ultimately, like we've all seen family businesses fall apart, or, you know, significant others or best friends, like, or it could just be a random person. Like, so it is kind of a crapshoot, like any relationship takes work, right? And can, you know, shit could hit the fan. Yeah. Um, you know, that being said, I think that hopefully there's like a deep level of trust, you know, if you are in business with significant other, a significant other or a family member that, you know, maybe with someone else might not be there at least right away, especially if it's just someone you were sort of introduced to or something like that. But you can also be like brutally honest. And I think in this day and age, there's a little bit of coddling of the American mind, if you will. Um, where people feel like they need to really tiptoe around things and they can't be totally honest. And everyone is hyper conscious of, you know, of feelings, which in some ways is very sweet and nice, but also like, I think there's a lot that gets done when people are truthful and honest and aren't so 
like desperately scared of hurting someone's feelings. Like, you know, like Sam can come up to me and be like that, like email that you created. Like now, fortunately we have an amazing uh, creative agency and we don't have to do our own emails, but we used to do everything in house. Thank and, like, God. Yeah. Come I know like, that. I know the struggle. Right. Like he used to come up and be like, that sucks. That's a really ugly email. And he doesn't need to worry about like being my boss and like hurting my feelings in the workplace. And like, you know, I can just like deal with it and be like, you're right. It sucks. Or I can be mad about it. Be like, I spent three hours on this and I'm exhausted. Why aren't you doing it? You know, and we can have that dialogue without it like being the end of the world, you know, and and I think that that's really great. And also just the fact that like, you know, if you are in business with a significant other, usually opposites attract on some level. Um, And so his strengths are often my weaknesses and vice versa. Not all the time, but a lot of the time. And then it sort of helps us divide and conquer and, you know, tackle what, what we're good at. And then we can kind of just argue about the stuff no one wants to do. Um, but it, I mean, every day is different. Like some days it's amazing. Like we have to go to New York for meetings and like, I have my best friend as my travel partner and we can Uber together and everything is great. And then there's some days where we're like, you know, yelling at each other and I want to pull my hair out because I can't leave the office and go home to someone else, you know? So yeah. it's not, a I get that. <laughs> I totally get that. So would you say like, like you are the talent, he's the brain or it's kind of like 50, 50. Oh God. No, we're, we're <laughs> like, you, it's even hard to like in, in our management meetings when we were raising money, it was even hard to explain how we divided and conquered our responsibilities because it, it sounds like it could be simple. Like I handle marketing and he handles that. But even within marketing, there's certain things that we divvy up. And like now as we're really growing our team, like it's more like we're sort of handing off and overseeing different aspects. But we're, it's, I don't know, it's weird because we're not, you can't really put either one of us in a box. Like, I, and I hate to bring up like the SAT, but it's like my only good example. Like I, I got almost an equal score on like my verbal and my math. Like I'm not like, this kind of person or that kind of person. And Sam is the same way, like where we have our strengths and weaknesses, but they're not, they're not easily like just said, but in like one sentence, you know? So I wouldn't say talent or brains, like there's so many like layers and dynamics to how we divide things. Yeah. Maybe that's why you guys work well together. You know, like you guys like kind of compliment is like whatever's going on in the business and fixing each other. See what's working. Think, you know, so. Yeah. That and also like, I think a big deal and what I also really pushed for like our board um, of directors is like Sam really sees the business as like an outsider. Like he, you know, is not our client. Like he does not care about getting sugared, although he should because like he's a lot of hair. But, um, or getting tanned because he tans so naturally. Um, and I'm very much the client. And then, you know, so we obviously have some of our private equity partners on our board and they're more the outsiders. Like they, they support and get the business and they love it, but they're not necessarily the clients. So our independent mm-hmm. board members, um, Trina Spear from Figs and Joey Gonzalez from Berries are like very much like understand it from a client perspective. And that's what we like really, uh, we really think is important because that was always what Sam and I had is like that inside outside viewpoint. And we wanted our board moving forward to really have both because if you have a bunch of people that aren't clients of the business or, and you never hear their opinions, you can really steer the business like in the wrong direction, I think. So it's important to have that like push pull and someone to see it from the outside to also question people 
who are seeing it from the client's view and be like, well, why are we doing this? And sometimes you kind of like step back and you're like, oh, that's a really good point. Like maybe we don't need to to do that. You know, there's a lot of like great conversation that happens with that dynamic. No, for sure. For sure. And you guys also like made a huge, huge, uh, like the pivot, like during pandemic, like when, you know, everything was shut down and everything was closing. And I think that is something also like, you know, you're like the sugar and browns literally depends on it because it's like a little place mm-hmm. that, you know, you have to go and get br- uh, sugar and browns mm-hmm. then like, uh, and I don't think you guys had like the e-commerce uh, website before. So I, no. I remember, I, th- I don't think you guys had it. I think you guys had a website that you can make an appointment mm-hmm. and everything, but there was no e-commerce. So, but you guys really pivoted toward e-commerce and like you can offer the stuff and everything so people can actually get, um, you know, do everything at home. So how was yeah. that process and everything that was going on while oh that God. time? I know it's not pretty. No, it was, it was just so crazy. And I can't believe how long it's been because mm-hmm. I thought it was going to last like a minute. And here we are like a year and a half later. And, um, you know, it was funny because we, we've been working with, um, Cameron Webb agency and Cameron Webb was one of the the founders of dry bar, just like such a creative guy and really the man behind the idea of that brand and um, him and his team are just so talented. And so we had just started working with them. We had just raised money, which is why we could finally afford them. And um, we had this new product packaging that we've been working on and we were going to wait to launch e-commerce until we had that new packaging because we really wanted you know, we've always been doing things, you know, while we're bootstrapping, like very reactively. And we really wanted to be like proactive and like have everything just like t- tied up before we mm-hmm. like released it to the world. It was like going to be the first thing that we did that we felt like it was perfect before we like put it out there versus like us opening stores and then redoing them and like doing all these like, you know, bootstrapping type things. And of course, the pandemic hit and we we're like, oh shit, like we better get e commerce up like right now. We don't have time for the new packaging to roll out. Um, and so my little brother was our developer at the time and he was a sophomore at Northwestern. So he came and he was like, came home from college cause they sent everyone home. And he was like, I don't really want to live with mom and dad. <laughs> so he came and stayed with myself and Sam and we, we hadn't even moved out. We were still in like our tiny little townhouse and we had, we had brought the office home. So we had like six monitors on the dining room table and we got e-commerce up and running in like a week and learned to film it and did what we could and like got it up there. And to this day, we've had a lot of COVID delays, so we don't have our new packaging quite yet. And it's still in the works. But, you know, was, we did what we had to do at the time. And, and thank God, because California kept us closed for way longer than we could have imagined. They told us we were not eligible for PPP. And so um, I'm glad we just ripped the bandaid and, and did it and didn't even think about it. Wait, why weren't you guys like eligible? I thought like that, at least out of everyone, like you guys would be eligible. Yeah. I mean, there's a private equity exclusion. Oh, um, I see. And so okay. depending on that investment and then uh, restaurants were, because they have lobbyists, actually were able to get themselves out of that exclusion. Mm-hmm. So even if they had private equity partners, no, no matter what size, um, they got around it and got the PPP. But anyone, you know, beauty industry doesn't have lobbyists. So uh, we just, we weren't eligible for a single dollar, which was, it was tough. No, I, I totally bet. Like, I think a lot of people, I mean, at least I know in New York City, it's like the restaurants really benefited from that because otherwise there's mm-hmm. no way that like they would survive. I mean, some of right. them definitely did not survive, but some of them like still kept the light on because they got the PPP. Uh, so mm-hmm. that was definitely. So did the e-commerce really helped or it was more like, 
it was out there, but like it was, you know, I'm sure like it took a process because nothing just like always, because it's also something that, you know, like people have to do themselves and, you know, Mm -hmm. there's a tricky part that like, you know, uh, I'm sure some people were excited, but also some people Mm -hmm. were probably like, I don't know if I get this and like do it right. Yeah. I mean, it definitely like was a small buffer um, Mm -hmm. and we learned a lot and we want to really continue to grow e-commerce because there's a ton of potential, but we didn't have any money to spend on advertising because we were just losing money daily. So, I mean, fortunately, you know, we have uh, a fairly large client base and they were really excited about it. Um, You know, but we weren't able to reach beyond that client base. Um, And, you know, a lot of people were like, wanted to do the DIY sugaring, like try it themselves. Um, and that was fun in the beginning. And I think everyone left with a larger appreciation for sugaristas and how hard it actually is. So that was kind of, I mean, now our sugar sales are more B2B. Um, but at the time, you know, everyone was down for a new quarantine project. So that was really fun. Um, sunless tanning, you know, we're really seeing grow more now in terms of product, because quite honestly, like, no one had anywhere to go or a reason to get a sunless tan. So there's some people who just like wanted to look good to like walk around their house, yeah. but there's also a lot of people that, you know, they no, that they just wanted to like, you know, they're like, Oh, I want to get show it somewhere else, you know? Yeah, yeah for sure. Exactly. No, exactly. I, I totally get that. Yeah. So what would you say that's kind of like next for uh sugar and bronze, or there's another venture that you might be working on? What's next? Well, we're going to open a lot more locations. We have okay. a lot of cities on our horizon. We're going to release our new product packaging, which I'm so excited about and some more products in the line. And um, I mean, we have some fun pop-up ideas for when like festivals and things like that are back or maybe even in the Hamptons for the summer or Aspen in the winter. Um, we have a lot of, a lot of things in the works, um, right now we're just trying to sort of pick up the pieces from COVID. Like, you know, we lost a lot of staff, um, in terms of the field staff who moved or or went home or what have you. Mm -hmm. So we're really just trying, we're all hands on deck in terms of getting our stores staffed up again, which is challenging in this environment so that we can meet demand, which we're so, so happy that demand is just roaring back like it's Mm -hmm. 2019 we just need to get staffing back to 2019 numbers um so that's our focus at the moment as well as signing leases and releasing uh the new product line uh last thing i wanted to conclude with was because i know that like during the covid obviously numbers were probably like going down you're like okay i don't know what's going to happen but is Mm -hmm. this still plumbing in some reason because of the you know like maybe there are some because i feel like there are some things in businesses that like you had to pay for you know because it's business Mm -hmm. to business suppliers stuff you know yeah exactly so yeah so that's still you know going or just kind of like almost getting hitting there uh like the break even point well you know we are we are cash flow positive now that we're allowed to be Mm -hmm. open we still definitely have back rent to pay you know we were able to work out some deals with landlords where we could pay you know um 1.5 times rent once we're open again some landlords were like we don't care like you just need to pay labor clothes which is just in with new york city rents and things like that like some rents are really expensive and when you're just yeah and they don't care they really don't care some people just don't care yeah some people were like some landlords are great um but you know nobody was just like oh don't worry about the rent for the months you're closed like they didn't want to take that hit either so yeah i mean there's a lot of it, it will do damage financially. I mean, for a while, you know, I mean, it's, yeah. we lost a year, basically, it wasn't like you just stopped time, right? 
Yeah, like exactly. You're still spending, but you're not earning. So yeah, I mean, we're doing our best to get through it. And everyone, thankfully, on our, our very small, but maybe quote unquote corporate team, I, that word seems very funny to me. But um, everyone's super optimistic and just like willing to do anything and willing to get their hands dirty isn't above doing anything. So I think with like our awesome team, like we will get through it and and with our clients because demand demand is there. So if demand is there, we're going to meet it. Yeah. And demand is definitely there. And I think it's such a great business idea. So it's definitely going to, uh, you know, bounce back. I just think it's just because it was such a difficult time that one year. That's why I think mm-hmm. some businesses, people are like, oh, COVID is almost over. Like why are businesses not going back? I'm like, but do you realize how much they're owe? like that they have to pay? Or like, that's why yeah. some of them are closing just now because mm-hmm. their dues are now. And like, they, they can't, they're like, oh, I, I can't do this. Because there are some uh, actually like, really, really, I mean, like, really, like, prestigious French restaurants in here that, like, that was my Mm -hmm. favorite, they actually just closed completely, like, not even just, like, shut down, like, for temporary, Mm -hmm. they just completely decided to close in the United States. So um, So I just think, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think, like, you guys are definitely doing great. And I think it's just definitely, you know, take, it's gonna take a bit, because every uh, business take definitely a hit. Doesn't matter if it's, like, a because even I'm not gonna like even my e-commerce took a hit because when you know LA closed, my the factory we had was in LA mm-hmm. completely right. closed, and we had like pre-orders from my clothing, and like everyone was waiting. They were like, "Where are the orders?" And it was like factories closed, so that took like extra two three months more. So people maybe waited like I don't know five six months to get their orders. So. Right. At least hopefully people understand because everyone was dealing with some that with something like that in some capacity. But yeah, it's 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 amazing the domino effect of like things that are just now delayed because of COVID. I mean, we've had, I mean, even something that we use in our solution, like a, a, an amino acid or something was being used in the vaccines. And so then we were like, got, we were really running low at our manufacturing facility on solution. Like, I mean... There's been, it's just crazy how long like the domino effect will last. I mean, and, and thankfully too, you know, we do have really supportive private equity partners um, and that I don't know what we would have done without them because they've been just, they've been really great in understanding for all their portfolio companies. I mean, uh, throughout this whole thing. Yeah. And that's why I think a lot of businesses are also like shifting their focus because sometimes there are these outages and their supply like chain that lets like, you have literally no control, you know, like. Because there are times like some uh, supplier can be closed and you're like, what do I do? You know, like that's like that's why I think it's always good to have like a backup and everything. So you can, you know, because I feel like there's literally outages every single day. Like you're like, oh, are yes. we running out of something that like we cannot order again? Like it's uh, seriously. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> every day we run into like it started with like the, our medical grade sanitizers, like before things even closed <laughs> down. Know. And we're like, oh, my God, they're like a thousand dollars for a 10 pack. And like. It just like now that that's under control, like it's always something new in COVID that, you know, it's challenging to get. So I'm looking forward to the day that the supply chain in all industries is back to normal. <laughs> I know. I think the toilet paper was the one that like really, really, it was like, it was. We so had to hide it. We had to hide our toilet paper because this again, before everything closed. So we were still having clients come in and we usually keep it like in the bathrooms, like in a cabinet. And we had to like put it all in the back of house because clients were like coming in and hoarding the toilet paper. It was like comical. 
Oh my God, that is just, it was the funniest thing to me because I'm just like, well, I never expected. I thought like it would be something else that would be like extinct, but like <laughs> not that. Meanwhile, at the time, Amazon Prime was still like two days. It was before that it went to like, oh, five, six weeks or whatever. And it was still like available on Amazon Prime. Like I had ordered it the day before when all these toilet paper fights around the world were happening. And I'm like, no one went to Amazon to get their toilet paper? I know. Like, thank God I did. But I was like, after that, I was like, oh my God, there there really is nowhere to get toilet paper. Thank God I just stocked up like the day before like supply went. <laughs> I know for sure. <laughs> well, thank you so much for this conversation. And also please let us know where can, uh, you know, everyone find you and also Sugar Them Bronze. So I will put them in the episode notes. Yeah, uh, you can find me on Instagram. It's just at Courtney Claghorn. And Sugar Them Bronze is at Sugar Them Bronze and the and is spelled out. And then same with our website. We're at SugarToBronze.com. Awesome. Sounds good. Thank you so much. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. It was so great chatting with you. 